Lord, open my lips that my mouth may proclaim your praise. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Nine months and a couple of millennia ago, Archangel Gabriel left God's throne room with a message from God to a young Jewish girl living in the backwater town of Nazareth in the northern part of Israel called Galilee. She'd been chosen by God to carry God's own son. The same God who created the planets, galaxies, the whole universe and all the creatures who dwell there was going to come to visit his own creation in person. His human nature would come from his human mother. But without the biological need of a human father for his conception, for his conception would be through the power of God's Holy Spirit. And then three months, after Mary had surrendered obediently to God's call on her life, she then left her relative Elizabeth's house in the hill country of Judea in the south of Israel and went back home to Nazareth, where she stayed for six months. But now, four days after leaving Nazareth again, but this time with her betrothed, with Joseph, who she was to marry, they had arrived in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, great David's home. The greatest king that Israel had known, it was his hometown. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, and because a Roman emperor miles and miles away in Rome, had decided that he wanted a count of all the people in this backwater little state that was under the boot of Rome. They had had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem because that was where his ancestor, Joseph's ancestor, had been. And so even though great with child... Ready to give birth, they traveled the four-day journey on foot, maybe with a donkey, to Bethlehem. But of course, Bethlehem was heaving with people because everybody else had had to do the same thing. If they were descended from David, they had to get up and leave wherever they had been and go to Bethlehem. And there was not a guest room to be had in all of the town. The small town had burgeoned in numbers. But finally, somebody took pity on this couple with this woman huge with child and said, here, you can stay where the, where the animals are. And so Mary and Joseph settled in. And there she gave birth. And she wrapped the child in strips of cloth 
torn strips of cloth and laid him in the animal's feeding trough. This was the birth of God incarnate. God, who is outside time and space, deigned to be constrained by our time, by our physical space, at this particular time, for one reason only, love. There is only one reason that God left his throne room and came to dwell amongst his creation because he loves us. In the words of Lucy Pevensey, that will be a familiar name to many of you now, from the Chronicles of Narnia, one of the children of C.S. Lewis's great Chronicles of Narnia. In the last battle, she turns and says to somebody, In our world, a stable once held something inside it that was bigger than the whole world. In that place where the animals were, something, someone, a baby, who is God in human flesh, who is bigger than the whole world, was confined to that animal's feed trough. And none of this was random. None of it was by accident. It was all according to God's plan, which he had revealed in part as early as the first book in the Bible, as early as Genesis. He told Abraham that through him, all the nations of the world would be blessed and that through his great-grandson, Judah, an everlasting royal line would be established. And to David, centuries later, of the tribe of Judah, God again promised that one of his descendants would establish a forever kingdom. You see, God wanted his people to know his plan in advance. Not all of it, but enough of it to have hope for that which happened this night, over two millennia ago. And then hundreds of years after David, and yet still hundreds of years before Jesus' birth, God spoke again through the prophet Isaiah and said, A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and his name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. No longer distant, no longer just a set of rules, but a person who took on flesh because of love, because he loves us so dearly. He came to know exactly what it's like to be us in all of our places, in all of our darkness, in all of our light, in all of our sorrows, in all of our joys. So he constrained himself 
into the skin of a small baby boy. And then Micah prophesied that this child would be born in Bethlehem. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. The God who could have chosen anywhere to be born as a man chose Bethlehem and used a Roman emperor who needed to count people to be born there in a lowly stable amongst creatures he had first created. And he chose to send his angel messenger first to humble shepherds. He could have chosen to send his angel with this good news to anyone. But he chose to send the angels to lowly, humble shepherds on a hillside. But at the same time, through a sign in the sky, he had revealed to wise and wealthy foreigners the birth of a king in a distant land and they set out and they would find him and they would worship him. For this king, this baby king, this little child, God come amongst us is the God of both poor and rich, both wise and simple, both young and old, for people of all races, for people of all nations. He came not to lord it over them from a lofty palace, but to rescue them from a place of deep humility and all for love's sake. So when you look at the baby in the manger, whether it's on a Christmas card, in a crash, in a live nativity, open your eyes to see and unwrap the gift of love. There's an old story about a man who had very little money and he'd, uh, he'd scrimped and saved to buy a gift for his wife and some special gold wrapping paper. And he came home from a long day working to find that his young daughter had found the gold paper and had cut it up and had decorated a box with it. And he was furious with her. And they went to bed, but she put the box under the tree. And the next day, she handed the box to her father and her father was embarrassed at the way he'd reacted the previous evening when he realized the gift was for him. But then he opened it and found it empty. And his anger welled up again inside of him and he turned to his little girl and said, don't you know that when you wrap a present there has to be something inside it? And with tears in her eyes, she said, 
But Daddy, there is something inside it. It's not empty. I blew lots and lots of kisses in it. And they're all for you. And the father asked for forgiveness, put his arms around his little girl, and kept that box on his nightstand for years. And every time he felt discouraged, he'd open up that empty-looking box and take out one of those kisses that would remind him of just how much he was loved. See, the child of Bethlehem has been given to each of us as a gift filled with unconditional love. There is no more precious possession anyone could hold than this gift filled with the love of God. For through this love, evil is conquered. Through this love, fear is overcome. Through this love, peace can be found in the midst of turmoil and suffering. Through this love, death no longer has the last word. Through this love comes healing. And through this love, hope never dies. And eternity for us begins. So in the words of an unknown poet, may the babe of Bethlehem be yours to tend. May the boy of Nazareth be yours to friend. May the man of Galilee his healing send. May the Christ of Calvary his courage lend. May the risen Lord his presence send and his holy angels defend you to the end. Amen.